Welcome to the podcast here on Wednesday, February 5th. Connor Green with you as we have a loaded slate of things to talk about. Steve Cohen's bid to buy the Mets apparently falling through at the last second. The Knicks firing Steve Mills and looking for a new team president. And the Red Sox trade Mookie Betts for what seems like peanuts compared to what they should have gotten. That's all up on the podcast today on Wednesday, February 5th. Well, bid to buy the Mets. And this was one of those situations where Mets fans were finally having some optimism. Because over the course of the last few years, the Wilpons had shown a complete inability to spend money in the way they should have on their team. When you're the New York Mets, you play in the biggest market in the world. You play in New York City, which is the number one market in the entire country. And so when you play in a place like New York, you should be able to afford high-priced free agents. You should be able to pay your current guys without any problem whatsoever. And the Mets have not done that for a long time. They don't spend like a small market team, but they spend more like a mid-market baseball team. When you see the Yankees... When you see the Dodgers, even the Red Sox spending in the top three in all of baseball with massive payrolls, having deep playoff runs year after year, as a Mets fan, that grows so disheartening because you know that you have the exact same position that those teams do. You play in the biggest market. The Mets make insane amounts of money in television revenue. They make a huge amount of money in ticket sales. Yet, they spend as though they play in Detroit or in St. Louis. Well, that was all set to change when the Mets got the word that Steve Cohen was going to buy 80% of that team, the richest man in all of baseball, compared to a character from the TV show Billions, which obviously some people were not happy about. He's a little bit of a cutthroat guy. But look, the reality is this guy was one of the most wealthy owners and would have been the most wealthy owner in all of baseball. And now it seems as though that deal has fallen through. As multiple sources close to the situation confirmed that the billionaire hedge fund manager is ending negotiations with the Wilpons for the purchase of the 80% stake in the franchise. And according to the sources, Cohen was deeply unhappy with the Wilpons changing the terms of the deal at a late stage and is now walking away. Now, the deal is not reportedly completely finished. And Steve Cohen has said, according to sources, that he hopes the Mets give him a call back. But unless they go back to what the original terms of the deal are, it looks like Steve Cohen is out. And to me, what this all boiled down to is the fact that the Wilpons wanted to sell the majority stake in the team, but didn't want to give up all of their control of the team and still wanted some role after Cohen completely took over after five years. That, to me, is why all of a sudden now he's backing out. Because when you have a situation in which you're buying the majority stake in the team, you don't then want the former owners to have any role within the organization. And I think that's where the miscommunication came in between the Wilpons 
and Cohen is that the Wilpons expected, even though they would be a minority sh uh, share owner, to have some role in the franchise moving forward. And obviously, if you're Steve Cohen, you don't want the former owners having anything to do with the day-to-day -day operations of the team. You want to be the sole owner. You want to be the sole guy making decisions. And it didn't seem like the Wilpons truly wanted to allow him to be what he wanted when he wanted to purchase an 80% stake in the franchise. So now it seems as though Steve Cohen is walking away and all of that optimism that had built up over the last few weeks really hasn't been long since this deal was announced. That optimism is now completely out the window because you're back to square one with owners that seem unwilling to put a winning product on the field. And in a lot of ways, this is very similar to the situation with the Dodgers a couple of years ago. Now, the Wilpon family is not nearly in as much financial distress as the McCourt family, so baseball is probably not going to step in and decide to make changes in that organization. But what happened there is a great example of what you need to have a winning team. So the McCourt family was running out of money. They were trying their best to turn around their financial problems, but they couldn't. So as a result, they couldn't spend on the Dodgers what they wanted to spend. And what you got was a middling team that never quite got over the top. The second the new ownership group got in there, immediately the Dodgers then became a powerhouse in the National League and have gone to multiple World Series and although they haven't quite reached the mountaintop yet, they are in a much, much better position because their new ownership group has no qualms about spending any amount of money they have to to have success. And that's why the Dodgers went from being a middling team for a pretty long time, about 10 plus years, to being one of the most successful franchises in baseball overnight. It's because their ownership group finally realized that they're going to spend. And their fan base saw what happens when you spend on your team. When you spend and you decide to bring in big-time free agents and you finally commit to putting your money into getting a winning team on the field, the entire shape of your organization changes and you begin to finally win. The Mets felt like they were going to have that with Steve Cohen, and now that is completely out the window. And for the Mets, it has been a disastrous offseason if you really think about how things have gone. They hire a new manager. He gets caught up in a cheating scandal. They fire him. They bring in a new manager right before the start of spring training, which is never how you want things to go within your organization. You don't want to have a new leader of your clubhouse be hired a few weeks before spring training. But you're like, okay, at least Steve Cohen's taking over at some point. They'll be able to spend at some point. And now Steve Cohen is backing out of the deal. And to me, he may still come back to the table 
And this guy's a billionaire businessman, so he may realize if I say that I'm stepping away, maybe they'll finally go back and offer me a deal that I'm happy with. But at this point, to me, it seems as though he's out. Because the Wilpons do not want to give away full control. And even though they want to give up the majority stake, they still want some part in the franchise. And why in the world would Steve Cohen want that? So the Mets are in a position now where they're stuck once again. And it doesn't seem as though, even though the Wilpons want to sell, that they want to remove themselves from the organization entirely, which means as a Mets fan, you're stuck with the Wilpons for the foreseeable future. And what a disaster that is. Because unless the Wilpons decide that they actually want to commit to putting a winning team on the field... It is not going to happen. They spend money on certain guys. They went and they gave money to Yuenna Cespedes. But they were stingy with Jacob deGrom. So it's not like they're just completely committed in giving money to the best players on their team. They put up a fight with Jacob deGrom. They didn't make it easy for deGrom to sit down and sign that deal. So they're a bit of a stickler when it comes to giving contracts even to their best players. And that's only going to continue. As long as the Wilpons are in charge, the Mets will not be one of the highest spending teams in baseball. And when you're in baseball, when you see the Yankees, when you see these great teams that are consistently good, when you see any team that is really consistently good year after year, it requires two things either intelligence or money. Now, the Tampa Rays have been able to be consistently good because of a very high level of intelligence, higher than almost every other team in baseball, and I would say they're operating at a higher level than every other team in baseball. With the Yankees, they operate very intelligently, and they have money. With the Dodgers, the same thing. They operate very intelligently, and at the same time, they have money. With the Mets, they don't operate all that intelligently, and at the same time, they don't have the money to put in the organization. Therefore, you're not going to see major changes. This doesn't mean the Mets will be a failure every single year, but it means the consistency of depending on your ownership to put a winning team on the field will likely not be there year after year. And you're going to have rebuilding phases even if you don't really need them because the Wilpons are not willing to spend money on your team to put a winning team on the field. And in the end, that's why you were so optimistic about Steve Cohen coming in. And now that deal is out the window. Now, another really interesting topic that broke is the Red Sox deciding to trade Mookie Betts to, of all teams, the L.A. Dodgers. Of all the teams to trade Mookie Betts to, they gave him to a team that was already penciled in to win upper 90s, early 100s in wins this year. Maybe 100 games, a little bit more, a little bit less. And now they get one of the best players in baseball, along with David Price, who has 
decreased in ability in the last few years because he's getting older, but he is still a great pitcher to have as your number three guy in your rotation. And what did the Mets get back? Alex Verdugo and Bruzdar Gratterall. Verdugo is a pretty good player, been in the league for about a year. Gratterall is a minor league prospect, top 30 guy, throws really hard. But if you're trading Mookie Betts, you better get a bigger return than those two guys. I find it so hard to believe that the Red Sox truly, honestly believe this is the best move when Mookie Betts is 27 years old. And they're not willing to pay him. Betts wanted to be a free agent. But in my opinion, if the Red Sox would have offered him a deal that he felt happy with, that made him one of the highest paid players in baseball, I think he would have signed. And it's not like the Red Sox don't have the money to offer bets. The Red Sox are one of the highest paid teams in all of baseball. And you would think if you're going to cut salary at any point, Mookie Betts is not the guy that you want to cut salary on. Mookie Betts is 27 years old, won the MVP in 2018, is one of the best hitters in baseball. If you want to cut payroll, you do it with somebody else. You do it with aging players. You let David Price walk. You don't let Mookie Betts walk, who is the best player on your team, who is a fan favorite, who's 27 years old, who you can build around. And if you do decide to trade him, you can't only get those two guys in return. And now because he only had one year left on his deal, that's why the Red Sox weren't able to get a massive return for Mookie Betts. But that's why at this point, just let the season play out and either offer him a contract at the end of the year, maybe he'd want to work with you, or then he walks away. But at least you have this year where you have some optimism moving forward into the season. And now the Red Sox are in complete rebuilding mode and their fan base knows they are not going to be competitive for an AL East title, for a playoff appearance, and absolutely not for a World Series appearance because they just gave away their best player for nothing. Why they would pull the trigger here instead of just waiting things out and seeing what happens makes no sense to me. I have no idea what the Red Sox are thinking. Heim Bloom is a smart guy and he knows what he's doing, but I think in this situation he made a crucial mistake in letting Mookie Betts go for not a very big return. And lastly, Steve Mills out as president of the Knicks, fired two days before the trade deadline, which means that James Dolan had an inclination that Steve Mills was probably going to try and trade four players as opposed to trading away players for assets in order to boost his resume at the end of the season and say, hey, look, we won a few games down the stretch. I think you guys should keep me. James Dolan clearly saw that that's what Steve Mills was angling to do which in all honesty is a disingenuous move, and that's why Dolan finally decided to fire his old buddy, 
Steve Mills, which is a long time coming because the Knicks are a league-worst 178 and 365 with Mills as, as team president. So it's a long time coming. The Knicks finally pulled it off. I have no problem with the timing of it. Really, it makes sense to me, especially if Steve Mills was trying at the deadline to acquire players, even if Scott Perry wasn't on board with doing that. And now you have to hope that the Knicks at the deadline do decide to try to trade a couple of their pieces in order to get back some things to work with in the offseason. And you have to hope that would happen. And then it boils down to, will James Dolan be able to acquire somebody that can actually run their team who is competent this offseason? And of course, Masai Ujiri is the big name that the Knicks are targeting, along with an unnamed somebody that they have apparently been targeting who they want to go after, but they won't release the name, which means it's probably a player agent. And if you're a Mets fan and a Knicks fan, uh, you obviously are not too happy with the player agent that's at the head of your franchise right now. So you're not going to be totally on board with bringing in another agent to be the president of your team. Masai Ujiri is obviously the name you would want the Knicks to go out and get, but the reality is they're likely going to have to give up two first-round picks to get him. And I don't know if you want to give up two first-round picks, even if you're getting somebody who is really smart to be the head of your organization, because then he has no chips to work with if you give away his two first-round picks. Then you're looking at a rebuild that is going to take a long, long time, even if you have Ujiri at the helm. And the one guy that's interesting to me that they may target, apparently, is Rich Paul, who is the agent for LeBron James and LeBron's good friend who has been around basketball for a long time. The reason why that's interesting to me is because he has relationships with so many big-time superstars and in the end, basketball is a superstar sport. So if you have a president who has good relationships with tons of big-time superstars, then instead of being left at the altar by a lot of these guys over the last few years, maybe the Knicks will finally be able to go out and acquire some of these big-time guys. Because Rich Paul's friends with LeBron James, best friends... He does a TV show with him on HBO called The Shop where he hangs out with Anthony Davis and Draymond Green and tons of other NBA superstars. So he has relationships with all of these guys, which can only be a good thing even if Rich Paul doesn't have a ton of experience running an NBA franchise. NBA teams, successful NBA teams are good because they are laden with superstar talent. And if you can get a team president who in the end has relationships with superstars and can go out and acquire those superstars because they want to be a part of Rich Paul's regime, that can only be a good thing. But obviously that's only speculation. And in the end, we have no idea who the Knicks are going to go out and get. And to have optimism and positivity around James Dolan in this situation is not too easy. Not too easy to trust James Dolan after all this time. After all of the massive failures over the years, 
you can't possibly have faith that James Dolan is actually going to make the right decision. Well, that wraps up the podcast here on Wednesday, February 5th. I'm Connor Green. I'll be back tomorrow to talk more about the Mets and their ownership situation and whether Steve Cohen does come back to the table, the Knicks and their search for a new team president. And we'll talk a little bit more about this Mookie Betts deal. That's all up on the podcast tomorrow. Have a good one.